everyone, and welcome to the no anti or or the uh, the uh, coronavirus no bullshit episode. Uh, this will be a coronavirus free episode. If you're tired of hearing about people can't get enough of wiping their asses left and right here for the last week and a half or so, you're going to find a comfort free or comfort zone. God, I can't talk. We're here. To, I'm trying to say we're here to entertain you and hopefully we're here to take entertain you know the, the shit out of you. So that way, with all this that total baby you do have, you have use for it now. You know, unless you want to build like a big ass Ford out of it or something like that, or a, <laughs> you know, a toilet paper fight or I whatever. Hope, but I hope when, hopefully, all of this starts to go on the decline and we everything gradually gets back to normal, that those people that are still sitting on twenty packs of toilet paper at least do something inventive with it. Go TP a house, build a fort, you know, make statues or something. I don't know. Uh, or let everyone know that you were one of those morons who felt the need to uh, just go out and buy tons of it because the, you felt the need to and you wanted to do it like everybody else did. I, so. I'm just going to maybe go buy a, a bidet add-on for the toilet. That way I don't even need it <laughs> anymore. All right. No no more coronavirus talk. We're here to talk masters and uh, whatever else we want to talk about that's not real-worldly stuff. Tyler, we're going to be talking about your mini-comic. I know you guys talked about it before, but now you guys can actually see it. And then in the description yeah. below, you can actually download the images so you can have your own copy. It won't be a hard digital copy. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Clawful. You, uh, Tyler wanted to break down his character, and I have a few questions on my own. Joe hasn't said anything yet. We'll give him the floor and let him talk so he can let us know who's here, and then we'll jump right into it. Well, for the people who are here, we have Adam Gabbert, Christopher Dahlberg, Dingalorian, Febmon, GSP, Jason Havlak, Kevin Sharp, Omegator, who was there and gone, Papa Hud 69, Zentron, and I think I, oh, and Grimbot as well. I was doing the participant thing. And also for last week's episode, I said that somebody could win a copy of issue nine of the Star Marvel. Well, I spun that wheel today, and Jeff Prime's the winner. So if you're listening, Jeff Prime, I don't know if you're on Facebook, but if you are, try to contact me there. Either way, I'll sometime or somehow get a hold of you. But uh, I wanted to show uh, Tyler and everybody something. Uh, I have one buddy on uh, Facebook. His name is Mike Dye. And Mike Dye makes these really cool enamel pins. And I mean really cool shit. He sent me some because there was something I'm, I'm going to be sending him. So he's like, Joe, I'm going to be sending you something you might get a kick out of. Just to let you know, he makes a giant assortment of all these characters. And what pisses me off is right now I know Tyler can't see this. So he's going to have to catch it on the rerun. But... Well, no, I, I, can see, I can see you tonight. Oh, so. you can't? Yes. Oh, 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 that's fucking awesome. Okay, well, yeah. this is going to be even better then. Oh, good. Oh, Joe said fuck. Oh, there's number one. You know, we ought to treat that when Joe says that. We ought to scream like a Pee Wee's Playhouse, like that's the magic word, the secret word. Ah! You know, we ought to do that every time he drops like that particular word. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, by God, we've got a new addition to the show We we should find like some other Joe-isms and things that he repeatedly says (laughs) and just change the word week to week. I I like that. Maybe maybe I can make a graphic. Tyler and I can get... Uh, in touch beforehand and be like, all right, what will this work? This week's word be, and then I'll make it. And then when it happens, I'll find a way to just flash it on the screen or something. Yeah. yeah if Joe says like top ramen or dumpster dive or shit, fuck, you know, There's or whatever. There's got a picture and a sound bite that he can play each time for each yeah. different well, thing. And we ought to have like a picture of like a lot of the uh, Pee Wee's playoffs, like gang, like Conky and Terry, like, oh, uh, <laughs> like Joe said, fuck, you know. <laughs> I like that. That'd be, that'd be oh. awesome. 
I do like that. That's an awesome idea. And but, Nathan, uh, give me Cowboy Curtis. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go to, I could just post that picture uh, from Christmas. That I yeah. have a family picture. I'll just post that one. There we go. All right, Joe, go ahead and show us what you're going to show us. Well, the thing is, I mean, he makes, I mean, every Master Universe character you can think of, but the ones he sent me, what I like is because it's just not the the ones that you see all the time. It's like not, here's He-Man and Skeletor, Joe, for the millionth time, but each one has something different to him. First, he did this really cool Cyclone pin. Oh. He, like, yeah, and he gave him these cool little goggles, but I was like, that's damn cool. I was like, as I open these, because just to let you know, I wanted to open them here on the podcast and look at them the first time. So this is my first time really looking. And I just noticed that the buzz off has clear wings. I just looked at that. That is cool as shit. So we did a buzz off. That's kind of like, uh, it kind of looks like a Baxter Stockman version of buzz off. Yeah. I mean, he has this cool little, design. oh, now this is even cooler. Um, This web store, that grappling hook has a chain. It's got a real chain. That's cool. That's cool as shit. And there's one I'm saving for last because I couldn't believe he sent this to me. He said, I'm going to send you random ones. That's why you get a kick. And then here's a a Plundor. Plundor. So, Holy hell. So that's cool. And then the last one, I was like, no fucking way did he. Well, there's number two. No way did he send this. Ah! Yep. Lizard Man. Ah! <laughs> How cool is that? Lizard oh, man. dude. Why the hell did I get a free Lizard Man pen? Son of a so bitch. Uh, some bitch, yeah, so I'll let you know. You guys can contact Mike Die on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in, well, how I spelled there, Mike Die, just like that. Just type that in. And well, I mean, uh, yeah, well, once again, from... Joe could have provided me links to put down below, but uh, oh, yeah, he, I, he fails yeah, to do right that over the head. all the time. I'll try to do that. Well, I'll try to have you insert a link later for those who uh, want to catch it later, or at least on the rerun. But uh, Mike, thanks for those pins there. Damn, these are cool. So I was like, man, I'm going to have to. I have to order the rest of these suckers too. So yeah, I just figured Tyler was like, I know Tyler's going to kick, kick out Lizard Man because I couldn't That's believe. That's awesome. That, it's, yeah, and I and I, I do appreciate that because I, I I want that message to spread to everybody who listens to this podcast that it's so much more important to dig into the mythology and just step outside that that same damn box of yeah, He Man, Man Arms, Tila, Skeletor, Beast Man, Evelyn, again and again and again and again. You right, know right. that that's that says you're. You know, I'm sorry. I, I just don't respect casual fans because that's all they ever were into. You know, just the, you know, I'm sure Nathan have a good uh, insulting word for something like that. But I, I just, I, I find it, it's like someone who comes up to Nathan and says, hey, man, you, you like that there Roman Reigns? He's a good wrestler. You like him, Nathan? Uh, you know, and then Nathan takes a cup of, you know, shit in a solo cup and just, you know, throws it in their face. Take her grass. You know? yeah, I think Take that is what's screwed, man. Take her grass screwed. Yeah, what's, no, that was what's the real, awesome yeah. is, like with these pins, but just like you said, when people do art, I mean, of course, I love when people do Masters of the Universe art, but when I see something different, like when somebody does somebody, like, let's say, a snout spout in a cool-ass pose, somebody that you don't typically see much fan art from, I'm like, that seems like it catches my eye more than just seeing He-Man or Stratos or Ram Man that I've seen a million times. Again, not that I'm discrediting with the... Yeah, yeah but, it, uh, but if it's but going like to be He-Man or Ram Man or Stratos or Teela or, or Beast Man, it better be, I mean, beyond badass for me to, for it to, like, stop and I'm like, okay, that's really cool. Because to me, it's just... And I'm like that with all, all various mythologies. And Thundercats, if someone's drawn Ninja Turtles... You'll grab my attention more if you're drawing Genghis Frog, Rat King, uh, 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 Ground Chuck, and Dirtbag, or Triceraton, or if you're drawing like you know Thundercats, give me a Captain Cracker or a Bengali or something like that. You know, it's, it shows me that you're you're not just 
you know, the guy that buys the shitty t-shirts from Walmart, you know, that you you're you're versed in it a, a bit you know you don't have to know everything but it's like all right you know what that's cool as shit you know you, you took time to draw a snout spout like you know that yeah. that says a lot it does it does so i appreciate it and i want to thank you again mike and as for anything topical there's nothing really new beyond the emerald city comic con had their uh exclusive slime pit he-man pop and then three little pez things and that was it so there's no new news i believe of anything else i mean tyler did you hear anything because i don't think there was I'm so far removed from like any any anything and everything. <laughs> I I will say like the way everyone's dropping like flies in terms of entertainment. I, I'm sure it's probably delaying anything coming down the pipeline. He Man based anyway. You know it's uh, you know since Mattel you know pretty much just let out a really dry stinky fart. You know a Toy Fair that wasn't very memorable anyway. I don't see us really get, hearing anything, even in terms of like cartoons. Like, you know, what's something too uh, weird is that we have not heard any update about that other He-Man cartoon. No, they've you been know, mentioning there, there has been the no voice be like, casting, no, no, no images, nothing announced about that. So, no, I mean they're definitely. I mean, if anything, hyping up the Kevin Smith one, which I hope yeah. is good, and they do some justice. But the other one, which we're assuming will be a kiddier version with maybe more computer type rendered graphics or whatever the hell they're going to do. No, we haven't heard anything. I'm sure eventually we will, but I'm thinking that's the one that's not going to be too thrilling. And as for Zentron having something that he wants us to cover, it'll be at the end because I want to stay positive this whole episode. And what he just said that can be at the end with the Q and A because that's when I think. You know, I'll be angry, and I just don't want to be angry. But there's a comment he made about something, which I'm sure you both have seen, but won't cover that till the end of the show. Yeah, so. and, and people have some damn good questions this week. I'm, I'm demanding it of you, you know. No, no, ask us what our favorite McDonald's toy is or something like that. I, I need in-depth questions this week. Get, get, get specific here, people. That's, that's what arouses my brain, is you get specific about your, your, your questions about He-Man. So I'm asking you guys out there to, you know, you know, come on, uh, start, start a fire here. You know, get me all roused up. Well, know? speaking of getting you roused up and stuff and a fire, why don't you start off where we're going to start off with your mini comic? Because you and I used to piss and shit and still do all over that Leech mini comic from the past. And you were like, you know what? How about we do something right? We redo it in which you and Karsten did together and... I'll pass it to you, and Nathan will start doing the flashing of the images. Yeah, I got the I got the cover up now. I guess the first question uh, we'll get into in regards to it is how how did this project come about to begin with? Uh, forgive everybody who, if you listened to the episode where we we covered this a while a while back, but I'm, I'm you know this is just for, well I try to add a new spin on it here. That way it doesn't feel like you're listening to the same damn story again. But the episode is up where me and Joe reviewed the, the shitty Leech comic, um, which I think did pretty good and <laughs> got a lot of attention. And it wasn't something I was I was looking forward to doing. I think it was Joe. Was, oh, no, no, it'd be funny. You know, like Peter Griffin or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Had, you had to hit it. Had to hit it. You know, yeah. and we just tore it apart because it was just a shitty story and shitty artwork and a, a shitty idea. It was incoherent drivel. And... Um, a guy named Carson from Germany that Joe was already friends with asked me, you know, like, what, you know, why don't you write your own version of a leech story? Which is not something I'd ever thought of. Like, um, I, I honestly, I was so unfamiliar with the con. I had it as a kid, but I, I had no recollection of it. That's how memorable it was for me. Of all the many comics I had, that's probably the one I, well, that and the Mantana one. 
which is not any better. Um, but it was just like, okay, if if you could do a leech, a serious leech mini comic, like what would you do? And um, he hit me up. I think the the day after we did the episode, or maybe that night after we like shit all over it. And um, I think on Monday. I started writing and I was done by Wednesday, the whole, the whole thing, like every panel that, that, that you see when we discuss this, if you own a copy, like I did all the panels, the action, the poses, the dialogue, all within just a couple of days of something. I was pretty impressed because I hadn't really get, I'd never given a thought and just, I was whipping it out. I was, I was pretty much like inspired by, uh, he was just whipping it out. Everybody. I was whipping, I was flopping all over the place, man. I was just like an unleashed fire hose. Of, of mythology just spewing out and i i will say like i was inspired because i'd watched return of swamp thing and uh beastmaster like around the time that i had written this and so i kind of drew inspiration from those two movies along with like you know ideas and thoughts from from other movies that was like okay that would work cool in a he-man story and, like, i like that bit of dialogue and it just i wrote i wrote it pretty fast and pretty much nothing changed and Carson pretty much interpreted the entire thing into what, what we'll cover here. So it was um, not as in depth backstory about how it came to be because it really didn't take long. And that's not, I'm not saying it's because I know what I'm doing. It was just like, it was just flowing naturally. It was, it was really fun to, um, but you know, you didn't know if this was actually come to fruition. It's from some guy that Joe says, Oh, it's, it's good. But you know, I, I, I've always been afraid to get my hopes up. For something like that you know if someone comes and says hey i'm going to draw your idea like is this really going to happen is this is this you know is this guy just you know you know blowing hot air like you had no idea about something like that and like he was spitting out the layouts quickly i'm like oh my god this is really coming true and sure enough he sends me a bunch of these and i start handing them out to people and i think nathan used it to wipe his ass with and, yeah well hey man i know, might could have been using it now I, know, but, I might need to that uh we're all going to run out of toilet paper but, uh, yeah, and I, I tried to give one to Joe, but Joe was like trying to say, um, "There's something wrong with me. I can't afford your damn any comic." I said, "No, Joe, I was going to give it to you for free." Reviews, like, no, you son of a bitch! I don't want your, I don't want your damn comic book. Well, well <laughs> but it shows. It, well, it, so I had to take quick. pictures with my little smart, a little, a little iPhone that I had at the time, <laughs> yeah. and send it to him through Messenger so we could talk about the damn thing. <laughs> but it does show how, just like you said, a shitty comic from the past, and that episode that you were talking about that we did, you really didn't want to do. It led to this. So it's like fate. Sometimes things, you're put on a path for a reason, and bam. At least, like you said, you knocked out. And that's the other thing is sometimes I think when doing comics, if you get too many people, you know, like you said, too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever and that shit, it's like too much makes things overthinking. And it's like, maybe we should change this and this. And that's why when it flows naturally like you did and when you and I sometimes will do something on this show, shows that, man, good stuff can come when you don't overthink it and have too many people doing shit, you know? So... But and that's why I feel like, and, and we'll touch on this after we discuss this too, but it's, it, it, these stories don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be reinventing the mythology or, or bringing a, a new aspect to He-Man. And, and pages of, of dialogue for every single panel. It's like, some, you know, again, sometimes too much is, you know, it's like less is more. Sometimes just, you know, give us just little bits of dialogue, not a lot. But the thing is, like you said, we get to show it to everybody now. And also we're getting Nathan's perspective too. So it, it's making it fresh, you know. It's still unique what we're going to be doing. And I, I want to apologize too for like how the scanned images turned out. I don't have a, a printer and a scanner at my house anymore. So I had to actually go to my parents and scan it. And there's scanner's not the best 
It would only be like if Joe had a copy, he could probably produce a better scan of this. But well, but it's going to do okay. I was going to say, if Tyler had an extra copy, but I know he probably doesn't now because now they are all gone. But if he did, I was like, I would accept one now. I'm over the... Oh, of course you would now that I don't have any except the one copy that I didn't think I was actually going to. This I can't give away because this is all I've got. She's like, yeah, no, I can't do it. But no, I've I've gotten over that thing because I know people try to be kind. I used to feel like people were feeling sorry for me trying to send me shit, and I just had a weird, uh, you know, weird little thoughts of shit. Yeah, we we just picture like this little little cartoon of like Joe is like a Charlie Brown character, and this black clouds just like shitting on his head all the time. (laughs) You know. Oh god! Right. Well, how did you well, you want to go with it, Tyler first or Nathan? How did well, you guys? Oh, I, I mean, I, I because I guess Nathan should kind of direct this because I kind of feel like you know I me talking. I kind of feel like I need to be coached to talk well, about it as yeah, opposed yeah. to you know. I'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of go through because since I have the images up here, I can kind of walk through as we as I put the images up. So what I have here at the beginning, we have our little credits page. We have Leech kind of poking his head up little bit and then we got cyclone and man at arms so right off the bat you said you had watched return to swamp thing where is that, mm-hmm. is, is that where we're kind of getting that aspect of your brain when yeah when starting pretty, yeah, when starting it, the story you're like all right i want it to start out in the swamp pretty much because i felt like leech is i mean there's a, a leech monster at, in the beginning of return of swamp thing that shows up uh, uh, a couple times in that film and i felt like or a leech monster's running around the swamp in that movie. We've got Leech, this big hulking mammoth of a, of a creature. He should be in the swamp. And in Return of Swamp Thing, you've got some federal agents looking for moonshiners running around in the swamp. And they're getting picked off one by one by the leech monster and eventually by Arcane's goons. And I thought, like, that'd be really cool. Like, to have, and I, I love Cyclone. And, I, and instantly, like, doing this, I felt like I had to work in the Man at Arms card back art which is something that Carson, I think, had wanted to do on something else, and I worked that into the story, and he was like, oh, that's awesome you did that, because I wanted to do that too, he said. So it was just kind of like taking that, it just kind of fit perfectly of like using Return of Swamp thing as inspiration to work in the card art of Man Arms being like attacked, where Leech is coming out of the swamp water and, and, and uh, applying his, his, his mouth which, to like, you know, which I'll actually, you see. I'll actually switch to uh, that image now where we kind of get like our leech, the master of power suction unleashed, where he's got he's got Duncan out of there, and we have Cyclone getting ready to attack him, but is uh, quickly thwarted while Man at Arms is still hoisted in the air. So I, uh, it's cool to see that your your process with this is like automatically establishing how big of a threat Leech can be this early on. In the book well and that that's exactly what the purpose of these mini comics should be it's and that's why some of them fail is that they don't get the point across to the figure that they're being packaged with the, the point of like the battle of Roboto is to establish Roboto as a is a very strong like heroic character and too bad as a formidable foe that argues with themselves he's got two heads you're getting the point across in the book and that's why I felt like you know the leech mini comic failed miserably and you know, if it's going to be about Leech, he needs to have a, a large presence that can't just be easily dismissed. You know, he needs to come in as a threat, just like getting over a great heel wrestler. You got to get him over strong. You can't get, have him go in there and he starts jobbing matches left and right. So it was it was quickly to establish Leech as, as, as a big threat that uh, Man at Arms can be taken out so easily. And even Cyclone, 
you know, which was like, all right, because he's my my favorite. I'm like, let's have Cyclone like put him over, so yeah. to speak. Well, I, I like what you did there and the idea that he just sort of drops him and we get this shot of Leech squeezing his head, but we also get the perspective of what Cyclone is in for as well. That's that's well done. Yeah, and that was that was just more like uh, Return of Swamp than the Leech Monster. Like he's when he grabs a hold of like the last guy before Swamp Thing shows up. He's grabbing a hold of him, like his mouth is like dripping blood from like attacking other uh, uh, agents, and it was just like that. That's what Leech should be doing. He should be getting ready to destroy, you know, any victim that comes in front of him. And that's why I feel like, all right, let's bring in Moss Man to be like Swamp Thing, and just knock the shit out of him real quick, you know, and get Moss Man in there. And uh, and that was another thing too. I, I we kind of had discussed too. We wanted to use characters that were available in 1985. You know, because if you, you read the mini comics, you tend to see a lot of characters that were either in that wave of whatever year that figure was coming out and older characters. So that was why, you know, you're not going to see uh, Extend R and Snout Spout or Clamp Champ in here because we want to present this as if it was coming out in 1985. Um, so that's why I felt Mossman was was a pretty good fit to have him come into the mix. And kind of chase off Leech, but Leech successfully takes off Men at Arms, along with the Royal Guards that have already been abducted too, that had gone missing, and they just know that they had gone missing in the swamps. So that was to kind of like, all right, we we got to get He-Man into the mix now too. So you gotta you gotta set that up as well. So it was, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just pretty much kind of said in the story. It's it's a race skip time to save Man at Arms and hopefully get the the missing Royal Guards. And hopefully, so yeah, I, I like the 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 you got to get it done and make it quick because we don't know how many of these guys are uh, still trapped or if any of them are dead already. So it, it's cool that you made it. It's like, well, well yeah, we we need to go get He Man, which it's kind of interesting to see here as Leech is just sort of like carrying him off, and it's almost like Mossman and Cyclone are like, all right, well, uh, he's already kind of kicked our ass. You sort of saved mine. We're gonna need backup. It's it's good that they didn't go after him again because that probably wouldn't have turned out too well for him. Well, no, it, like I said, it, you know, you want He-Man to have a large presence because I feel like sometimes, I mean, because He-Man needs to be the star of most mini comics. That and and the character that you're, it would have been packaged with. And yeah, it, they could have easily because I, you know, if Mossman can throw a tree at Leech's head, and Leech kind of, you know, wipes it off, like okay, that caught his attention, but it didn't take him out. So you need to go get the big guns. Um, yeah. So th- that was the purpose behind that. And Joe, as I, I'll get you in the mix as you're kind of reading along. What what are your thoughts on it so far? At the well, break? I mean, from the beginning, what I liked from the exact beginning is he didn't have to waste any time. Is that's the unfortunate thing that's done with a lot of comics nowadays. They would rather have people sitting around and talking for ten or twelve pages till finally some kind of action starts. It starts right off. It's right in the mix. You don't need to hear a boring monologue. You don't need to have tons of pages of dialogue to see how they got to the swamp. They're there. You know what's going on. Tyler wrote it perfectly, so you understood that. And then within almost the first couple pages, you get more action than you might see in a whole fucking comic that's currently now out. Or, you know, that's out nowadays. That's what I liked is it got right to it. But Which it, it I, feels... I wouldn't... Oh. I would expect nothing less from Tyler anyway. Tyler, is, ever since I've known him, has always been more of just like a very action-oriented 
person when it comes to movies. What's his favorite genre? But it's Action. also a good mix. Yeah. But that's what I mean, though. It's it's a good mix. It's not like Tyler is just shoving like on every page. Oh, let's have a fight on every page. No, he understands that, yes, there's got to be action, but there's got to be a buildup. Then there's got to be a part where, as you see, they come back to the palace, find out the situation. You see Adam off to the side. He knows what's going on. He's going to get ready to transform into He-Man. But So you do get some dialogue. You do get the part where it's not all tension and all battle, but it's a perfect mix. That's what made the mini comics from the past so enjoyable. At least the majority of them is they knew what they were doing. And which is something we might mention later about if we get into a discussion about comics in general, but it, it's, it's a great mix. And like I said, little homages, little things. I like seeing even bam, you know, the filmation version of the attack track in the mini comic, you know, which is kind of cool. Cause we know in a lot of the mini comics the, the we have the toy attack track. So I like seeing that. And I know that Tyler, uh, you'll have to tell me cause I can't remember who it was, but didn't one of the winners, isn't that why they had their face in this mini comic? Like people probably think that guy looks very detailed. who's stuck in the rock trap there. Yeah, actually. Like, uh, and I, I know who it is. I just, I cannot pronounce the guy's name and I'm not even gonna try, but if he's listening to this, he knows who he is. This is actually a friend of Carson's that Carson just threw in, I think, for fun. Oh, this had okay. there was no winner for this one. The the Clan Champ Ninja book, which I think it's pretty much safe to say is dead, unless somebody else wants to take up the challenge of, of putting it together. Um, I don't I don't think it's happening. Um, but no, this that was just a a friend of Carson's that I think for fun threw him into the mix. He he heard about it and thought it'd be fun to um, make him the uh incoming meal for the beast monster which i thought was uh which i had written as just like a peasant that hadn't paid his taxes like to the horde that's that's what that was it wasn't just like a random person it was playing all the filmation aspect that they're going around collecting taxes off of people and this peasant right. couldn't do it so he's picked up and taken to this particular fright zone mm -hmm. which i've always thought like this is kind of like their torture chamber so to speak it's off uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that there's both, but this is in the toy line. You're going to use the toy line fried zone, and this is where the horde hang out. But in my mind, it's fun to think about like the big factory fried zone still around, and this is the place where you go to scare the shit out of people, man. I mean, it really live up to the name fried zone. Yeah, and and the using a cartoon attack track. I mean, you know, it's that's how you get a group of guys around. You know, it's it's that to me that's the like the quintessential. It's like the killer whale in G.I. Joe or something like that. You can take a bun yeah, bunch of guys. It's a lot more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a cyclone could fly, but he meant a moss. I just feel like it's um, it's more logical when you got a couple of guys or a trio here going someplace. Um, it just made more sense to me. It was more interesting to see that than the, you know, the toy. Okay. You know, there really aren't any vehicles that could, you know, transport a whole group of heroic warriors anywhere. It's pretty much like a. A, a, a one ride uh, show for the He-Man vehicles. Definitely. And speaking of interesting, uh, I've already flipped to the next set of pages where it starts with uh, home to many people, creatures and oddities. It's kind of cool that you're, you, how much you decided to open the world up and just have so many different things kind of going on as it's going through the story. I thought that was, that was well yeah, done. Yeah, because Tyler could definitely, yeah, he can explain definitely this reason how they got here. There's a particular reason Tyler wanted that shown, which, yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, and I mean, the logic is too, like, is this, this storyline, if I wrote this also as if, like, in chronological order, this is, like, if you're buying the toys, the Leech comic 
helps build up to the Hordak mini comic. So you're not that familiar with Etheria at this point. You're just the, like if I if I could, I would have written the Mantana book, and Mantana would have been a, a spy showing up on on Eternia and trying to kind of like kind of survey, like okay, we can take this place. You know, I'll report back to Hordak, but then he ends up running into He-Man and a couple of the heroic warriors. Uh, he gets away, and that's how they're kind of from, they become familiar with the Horde for the first time. And then we lead into the Leech comic, gradually building up. I could have worked in the Grizzler book, but the Grizzler book's written perfectly. I don't, I don't really didn't need to do that, but that's kind of how the direction for this is going. And um, the man-eating plant, uh, which is something I pulled from the the, the Golden Books, Tila's Secret, the big hardcover book. That was my introduction of of how people could get to Ethereum. It was this giant man-eating plant that Evelyn allows herself to be consumed by and is spit out at the fright zone in that book but here um i just felt i mean i, I think carson kind of set it up let it, the plant you you kind of um come out of another man-eating plant you know swallow it's like it's a senior gateway now, I'm, i can't remember what other piece of media uses this kind of I, i'm pretty sure it's used someplace else i can't can't remember though it may have been in the horde uh uh, golden book the big hardcover it may be in that but i deliberately pulled it and you can actually see the the, the beautiful artwork in Taylor's secret of evelyn being swallowed by the marinating plant and that's where that comes from and i just thought it was a fun way of getting them there without having to go to the sorceress give us a gateway to ethereum like this is kind of legendary we don't know if it'll work but this is our only way that we think we can get to ethereum where we're told the horde preside and uh, I wanted to work Imp in somehow, which I thought was I like the little fun. touch of yeah, I like that, and I like that he didn't just use the filmation version of Imp as a rock because you know Imp has had so many forms, but I liked it's a little different, you know, like almost a little tablet rock or something as a guide. But you know, He Man and you know them, they don't know he's a bad guy. I like that that little touch. Is that how you described him? Did you want him being like a like a little different type of rock token, or is this just as I, I didn't specify that he needed to be anything like filmation, other than okay, I want I wanted him to be the reason that. There, they made sure they got to the fright zone, and Carson decides to draw, you know, as kind of like a flat rock. But that's okay. on him. But I also wasn't specific that it needed to be this. But I certainly didn't specify it's got to be formation. Just something that looked like it was uh, of another world, kind of like, um, you know, like uh, the the walls and the, the Return to Oz that are speaking to the. Um, I forgot what the name of the. Of the uh, the the king that then uh, in return to Oz like the walls speak to him out of rock and things like that that's kind of you know s something like that but uh, uh, was it also your idea for um you know He Man's you know the you know pull the sword out of the sheath you know from the back was that your idea to have that be drawn in because you know sometimes in comics you'd see it sometimes you don't and I thought it was just no that was, that's Carson 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 oh. made sure that that was included that was like you see it in the panel where uh, you know they're standing all three like looking around where where do we go like. Anytime the sheath is in sight, that's Carson just making sure that detail's edited in. So oh, okay. I, I did want to yeah. ask you a question up here in the, the top left when they're starting to have the conversation. This word bubble here is in German still. Do you know what that was supposed to say? Couple. Yeah, that was a goof on, on Carson's part because he's he's doing all this and I, it, it, goofs are going to happen. I think there's even like a one or two grammar errors yeah, here well, too. Yeah, well, I, I, I was going to say, like, I noticed that in there, but I, I mean, that easily forgivable because you're looking at like a, a, a translation 
yeah. kind of thing. You know, like English is not really his first language, right? So, yeah, but he he does a, a pretty good job, and like I said, I, and I didn't I didn't catch any of it. He didn't either until like well after I had received it, and uh, I'm trying to think which because the one I'm looking at. Oh, I think I must be looking at a correct one because he sent me like a second like two or three batches of the books over time okay. so the one i've got has it corrected okay well what is, what, uh, what, what is which it? which panel which, which panel is it that um, well it's in there in the top left where he's like only fools seek the terrors of the fright zone and then there's a word bubble coming from he-man there in the bottom right corner okay uh yeah he-man says we'll take our chances please tell us the direction it lies we have no time to lose well what's well what's the one there's like, a smaller yeah, there's a smaller, word, there's a smaller bubble word bubble. to the left of it's that. right oh. next to imp's face like the is there no? Oh. Hey, maybe you're correct. One doesn't even have, but like, there's imp sitting there, and imp says, "Only fools seek." You know, okay. he says this thing, and then right next to imp, there's a little small bubble and says something like, "We're getting an idis red up," but it's a small thing. Okay, right I'll, I'll show you oh, mine yeah, here. See, like yeah. yeah, he took it out. Yeah, he took okay. it out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Huh. Okay. So, I got the. Yeah, I got so the that was So I don't think it was anything. Yeah. Well, it does. <laughs> it doesn't add anything extra to the story. Like you know. By the way, head down that way and you'll see Glimmer naked or something like that. It's not nothing like that. It's just a goof, and that that's all there is to oh. it. So no oh. mystery there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no worry. I was just uh, I was just kind of curious about. That. Yeah, all right, yeah. Well. That's all. So if anybody who has that copy and you're wondering what that was, like that, it's just an error, a, a printing error. That is it. So I, I've already went ahead and flipped the pages, and we got them kind of walking towards the fright zone. And off the top of my head, the first thing I kind of gather as they're walking, I kind of got more of a a Mortal Kombat vibe from this. Mm. Am I wrong in that, or was there something else that sort of had that inspiration for, like that that first panel right there? That the, the, and this is my favorite page. Like uh, uh, I think uh, of everything that we did, like this this page of them heading on the the path that this was inspired by Beastmaster when when Beastmaster shows up to Auric and he goes down to the bottom you know goes down the mountain and starts on the path all the way to the city of Auric are these poles of of de, uh, decaying bodies like lined up all the way to the uh, uh, the gates to the city and I, I just thought like that'd be really cool as like a path to the fright zone to let everyone know like this is I mean People don't walk out of the fright zone alive unless you're a member of the whore. Like just a constant warning that goes on and on and on. And uh, the moat of of tar that surrounds Ark and the Beast Smash. I thought like I could make that the slime. Like where they get the slime for the slime pit is this moat that surrounds the slime pit that they that is just there, and they use that to pour into the slime pit. Like and, and just put it as as a as an inside thing like it's not part of the story but it was just there as like a, an easter egg like as a sign like that's where they get the slime for the slime pit like and that's all it was and that was inspired by the beast master as well um and i had and, and honestly when i said i hadn't watched the beast master i was just thinking about it when i was writing it, and then i went back because carson needed some clarity so i went back and like got some screenshots of it and he knew what I was talking about when I sent him like a picture of Dar going down the path, and you see the poles of, of skeletons and decayed bodies and stuff, um, and then the moat that surrounds it. So it it all it all translated pretty well. So, and then just to see the fright zone, just like barren, like you could just hear like wind, like sl- like kind of blowing. That's all all you can hear. There's no no noise. It's just silence, you know. Um, 
just really building up the 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 um anticipation of a like holy shit what are we going to get ourselves into going here so just trying to pay the horde some some true justice here and build them up as the next big evil faction being introduced into the toy line in 1985 I, and i like and at least it's still implementing the traps of you know the fright zone with again with the rock yeah. there but also having them trapped within the cage i like seeing it i don't think you had the tree do anything but you know you don't have no, that no and i i wish i had worked the tree in but the thing is is that carson really wanted me to limit this thing to 14 pages which is a typical mini comic so to do that it would have been eliminating another part of the story to work in because actually what we got i thought was going to get cut like part of the battle sequence of of he-man with the beast monster and um like all that whole sequence of of leech and mossman fighting leech or mossman and cyclone fighting leech i thought some of it was going to get cut um because i had written too many panels for one page um, and what we see he, on this page is that you got right here. And again, this is what I mean. You don't always have to have dialogue. Pictures can tell the story. And this, you were talking about your favorite part was just, you know, the whole trail there of all the, you know, the spiked bodies and stuff. But this was mine. I love the battle with that beast monster. I love how He-Man shoved that sword right up to the top there. And it's jumped up, slammed on the head. It came to the top right through his skull, covered in blood. It's awesome. It, it just shows that, again... People say there was never blood in the vintage, you know, Masters Universe stories. We already know there was blood in some of the stories, but I liked it. It wasn't over excessive nuts. It took care of that creature, but it was definitely a unique combination. I was like, don't think I've ever seen nothing like that. You know, the sword up to the roof of the mouth and then slammed on the head and raked through his skull. I like that. This was my favorite part was this whole entire battle. It was a uh, which quite I, 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 I will say this, like I have never gotten that much like feedback about it. Like people have asked and requested for it. But the one thing I have heard from what few people like let me know they liked it, that that was something that was pointed out. And really, it was supposed to be like lodged into his mouth to where he couldn't close it. That's the part. That's what I was really trying to get across. And I okay. got that from Luke fighting the Rancor and Return of the Jedi when he puts the bone I in his mouth. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be that and then smash his head down because that way he can't close his mouth at all. But you get the picture that it's stuck. The only in his, reason uh, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't bug me because, like I said, I seen in the Sunbird Legacy, I seen He-Man decapitate a snake, a big giant yeah. snake with blood pouring out. So I was like, it wasn't new to me. It was just, it was cool. I just, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's just telling a story without too much words. And yeah, again, these two pages have had more battle than recent comic books and other stories that we talked about. <laughs> but again, I liked it. I just, I liked that. That was my favorite part. I mean, I enjoyed the, you know, the story as it is. Anyway, oh yeah, so and, I, and I get, I mean. It, it, I'm proud of this sequence as well, and I'm. That's why I felt like it was all right to do this because it's human fighting a giant monster. It's not you know impaling leech or hordak because you know you wouldn't do that in the toilet anyway. But I felt like you could get away with killing this. Plus, the creature never really got any use in the mini comics either. He was used once in the Mantana comic. Is that he swallows you and you, and you fall out the acid into the fridge? I'm like, that's pretty lame. This creature should be trying to devour people as as a means of punishment. You know, or or pleasure that the whore like to dish out for themselves on on, on poor defenseless you know Ethereans. Because he's and, had a lot of different interpretations from the mini comic to some of the hardcover books to even some of the believe it or not the coloring books that actually had stories and he's been drawn differently. But you're right, he's a creature that I would have liked to seen more of because it's always been kind of confusing when they would depict him. Just it's 
just different looks. You know, there was never a consistent look. So it was just, I like that. I mean, I always love playing with the toy anyways of having this creature. Like, we created more stories with our damn playset than you would get in the comics. But, yeah, I'll pass it. And, and I, I really wish this playset had been utilized a lot more in stories. Because I felt like it, people have liked to, you know say it's not much to it, or some smart-ass who deems himself as a connoisseur of 80s action figures, will come along and start pissing all over the place that's saying, there ain't much to them there, guys. I don't know why you think there's so much of a, you know, a holy grail of toys. It's like you clearly don't get it, jerk-off. Like, there is we so unfortunately much, I, got it in the, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we unfortunately know. got that in the Mantena mini-comic, where it was based on Eternia, but it's like, eh, that's not a great comic to really reference anyways. No. Not many people enjoyed the Mantena one, but I would have loved to see more of it, too, because the toy, unfortunately, just got a bad rap. They said, oh, it sucks. It's nothing like Snake Mountain or Castle Grayskull. You can't do much with it. But actually, you could with the toy, and then if you put it into a mini-comic, at least give it some kind of depth, or where, you know, like, maybe, where does this lead to? Where does this go to? Which we've seen some stuff, but you're right. I would have liked to seen more of that, and Sadly, we didn't get a lot. We got some, but not a lot. And Nathan, you got anything oh, you want? I, I'm just—I'm uh, kind of looking here at the, the last couple pages. I think it's cool that uh, that Grizzlor shows up. I, I kind of wish—I I think I kind of wish he would have hopped in a little bit on this fight. So I—I I wonder what was uh, what was the plan with that? Did you just want him there to have him there? Was he kind of like because he does just kind of appear? out of nowhere so i was kind of yeah the, the point of this is as if is is uh, this was to help lead it for the hordak mini comic the hordak the ruthless leader's revenge um because in that he sends grizzlore to e to eternia through the uh, the portals that only open up after a certain amount of time i can't remember how long but he instructs grizzlore to go so in this it was to help set up you know why hordak is doing that in that mini comic right. like it's set up like, you know, okay, at last the portals have opened and Grizzlord go fashion one of Skeletor's warriors. Like, it's to tie in that story. Like, we're building up to, you know, Hordak wants to invade Eternia. Go get me somebody. And that's why he says, tonight you have a mission. You know, my Give race. Him, like a little I, continuity, too. I like that. You know, yeah, that, that's all that was for. It. Um, and it was to, um, and I, I, this was all inspired by Thulsa Doom and Conan the Barbarian when he says, help him. When he's telling um, uh, Thulcum to help Rexor up, and and uh, he goes over and you know, looks at the, at the beast monster, like you know, because he's Thulcum was pissed off that Conan killed his giant snake, and he walks over and sees the beast monster dead, like his his pet, and like I I'm going to kill them all. And instead of you know, so his little monologue he gives about how he's going to seek revenge on Conan, Valeria, and uh, Subutai, like I kind of drew inspiration from that. Like Hordak is like, I'm gonna get them all. I'm gonna invade Eternia. They're all drowned in the slime pits. Like that was my inspiration for that. Um, so it was really just playing it up serious, and it really was to read this mini comic and then open up your mini comic compilation book and start reading Hordak, the ruthless leader of revenge. I threw the wraiths in there. Him saying wraiths as an as a Easter egg to the 2000X series to kind of bring tie a little bit of that in together, you know, because. Not that they were ever in it, but he says race. It could be anything, but it was meant as a nod to the the horde race from the 2000 X line that people seem to uh, gravitate towards. So it was um, just trying to be a little all encompassing here. A couple and, of little um, Easter eggs to different parts yeah, of our. Which I, I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't catch a lot of them because they're very. Um, they're not like, hey, hey, you see this? 
it's you know not everybody ha- thinks like I do when it comes to He-Man, which I understand that, which is why and I you won't hear a lot of people mention MYP too much. But I mean, for those though that know MYP, I'm sure when they did see Wraiths, I'm sure in their head they're like, "Hey, I know what he's talking about." You'd at least assume, I would think. I would hope, and if you people had this book, it would have been nice to hear some damn feedback from some of you people out there. Well, maybe now we'll get some feedback from us revisiting, but you could pop us back up on now, Nathan. But yeah, maybe we'll actually get some uh, more feedback about well, it. Well, now, pe- but no, now I- people can actually... Wait, that's the two-person one. Uh, there we go. There's the three-person one. But uh, now people can actually go down below in the description. I'll have that going forward from here on out down there if you guys want to go ahead and and download the digital version of that of everything you've just seen to just kind of have it and peruse through at your own leisure it is down there i appreciate you doing that nathan and uh thank you guys for um wanting to do this so this was nathan's idea this was not mine so i don't people to think that i was trying to come in here and inflate my ego more no 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 yeah I, i it was my idea because now that I can actually put images on the screen and when we do mini comics, like we go through them so people can actually see it as we're talking about it. And uh, when you guys did this before, you were just kind of looking down at your own version and just talking about it. I, I want people to actually be able to see it because not too many people were able to get a copy. Yeah, and it's good for people to, you know, to validate to let look people i mean this is a small example but i can write you know I, I i can i'm not just talking a lot of shit here people like this is one example that i can back up what i say here you know i have no no degree in writing or any or any kind of background in writing this is just strictly fan fiction if you will but you know given the opportunity or something like that i can write a pretty damn good story and i got a whole bunch like I said, I, I issue the challenge out. If there's a, a, a good artist who would love to do another one or the, the Clamchat Ninja book, which I, like, I, I really don't think Carson's going to do it or at least finish it. I'll just put it that way. I don't, I, 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 I bet Joe's uh, stash, secret stash of Top Ramen Noodles chicken flavor that it ain't happening. So Ooh, damn, That's a lot, <laughs> too, boy. Uh, that is I a know. lot there. I, I think Kevin Sharp was in the, the chat earlier, right? Kevin. Take, yeah, he was here t- to take start. the challenge. Yeah, yeah. It would be or, great or because just... you know, to, I mean, not to not to cut you off, but you know, it's what Tyler was saying. Um, you know, he just said he didn't go to school for writing, and it just shows you don't have to go to school for writing to do something great like this. Sometimes it's just I think if you're just a passionate fan, you understand you know the mythology of what you really love. You know, you're passionate. You're going to do something great because Tyler had something like he wanted to discuss of like I believe you said like what makes a a good mini comic is that okay and you know for yeah. me i'll just be honest and this isn't no way trying to tie into what tyler just wrote but definitely having at least knowledge of what you're going to write but also it's what i said at the beginning when i when i'm looking at a mini comic or even a comic in general i just hate it when they take forever to get to the point they think that so much backstory dialogue to lead up to a point is interesting when in fact it for me it bores the living hell out of me then when they finally get to some action you might see a page of it and half of it it's just it's not inspiring there's nothing fantastic about it but it's a good balance you got to have a great story you got to have some good action, and also, yes, the art has to be good, but here's the thing. There's there's comics I looked at before in the past where the art was amazing, but the story was so fucking horrible, there's number three, that I, ah. it was like, I, yeah, 
ah, I never wanted to revisit it. I was like, I don't care if this art's good. This story sucks. But I'm not saying, okay, give us crappy art. I'm just saying a good balance. But definitely have something that draws your attention to where you want to come back and read this over and over again. And it's believable. You feel like you're living this story because it's written so well. So a great combination of, like I said, a good story, good art, but you don't have to have so much dialogue. You don't have to have backstory. You don't have to lead up to nothing towards that climax. You think this is going to be great, and you have a page of one action or two, and then uh, you're left just wanting more. I don't want that in a comic. I want something with, again, it's not tying into what Tyler did, but yeah, what Tyler did. It's, he did what we've seen in the past, a story that you want to go back, and you have that beginning, middle, end. I don't want to be dragged out for 20 issues to see what's going to happen. He proved it right there. It can be done in one issue in hell, 14 pages, and you enjoyed it, and you can relive it any time. Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. And I I think with anything, too, and you got to think in the mindset, obviously it's different now, but the mindset back then is like, well, to me, I think you would want especially when it ties into certain characters because you're making the mini-comic and packaging them with specific figures that you you want it to tell a story to where having that figure in your hand, you're like, oh, wow, like you're you're excited about it. And you, you, you want to go like reenact that with your other figures kind of thing. I want it to, and you want it to just sort of spur the imagination, kind of like it, it's done for you guys, like especially with Tyler. Like he has grown up with this, and loves it so much, and he takes all those different aspects and can put them into a story because those stories were capable of like making him use his imagination. Well, what would I do with this character? What would I do with this character? And that's that's when you know you, you've done something good. Yeah, it's you know we we harp a lot on the old stuff a lot on this podcast, and we've gotten some shit for it at times. And I, I don't maybe we don't explain our reasons why. We, we, we focus on the vintage because, you know, I, I speak for my, I don't know, I'm, I think Joe pretty much is aligned with me. And, you know, Nathan is kind of rediscovering a lot of this stuff. And Nathan's vocal. If Nathan doesn't like it, he'll say, eh, it sucks. Yeah. And I called, it out, yeah. I called him out on it, and he's kind of come around on some stuff that he's, you know, knocked. But, you know, we're all adults now. Like, yeah. we can't go but so far with nostalgia and just look at something because oh i loved that much when, because i was a kid and i loved it you know the mini comics to me uh, as much as i love them as a kid i read them now as an adult and i look at them as an adult and you know i i re- even though like when robbie london was on and told us like he didn't like diamond Ridge's appearance and why like i'm looking at it completely different than how he looked at it you know and you know, we look at these stories is that they, they got the point across. Like, you know, I go back to Clash of Arms, which we'll tie into later on in this podcast. But it introduced characters that I didn't own as a kid. But it also helped, like, you know, it, you know, it, it came with Fisto. And I also got Whiplash at the same time. So that, that story introduced me to these characters that these are imposing villains. And they beat the shit out of this heroic Fisto who's still fighting again. It got the point across. I read that as an adult. That's a classic story. That's a genuinely good story that you would want to see in a movie or in a comic book now or that you could see in a Conan novel or a fantasy story of some kind. Like it's it's a story that that's simple. You know, you you know, what draws our attention to a lot of these characters is that, is that they look like 
oh man, I want to see these guys kick each other's asses. You know, as a kid, we're just, wow, look at all these people. We look at things so much more differently. And, um, you know, there's many comics I didn't have as a kid, like Search for Keldor. It's a wonderful story that gets a point across with all these small hints. And, you know, I, well, I, I take it, I did have it as a kid, but I had no real recollection of it. So going back and reading it as an adult, you know, it, it, it means a lot more because I got even more so what they were trying to do. Clearly, the guys who write these stories, they're just trying to add some mythology for the kids that if they're not in the cartoon or any other form of media, it gives them something to go by. You know, it's they all say, like, kids really get into it. They have a mythology to follow along with it. And that was such an important aspect of He-Man that if they weren't in the cartoon, they were in a mini comic for the most part. And, um, you know, it's, we're looking at this as great stories. You know, I don't think, you know, we, we touch on it that we loved them as kids, but we discussed them as, as adult fans reading it with adult eyes. So we're not, you know, our, our, our points of, of knocking the new stuff. It's not because it's new. It's because the quality is just not there, people. If I question because, you know, Kevin Smith's working on Hemus because I question his quality of work in the many, many years, which makes you think, why the hell is this guy in charge of a lot of decision-making with He-Man? Not because it's new, you know. And these stories, you know, if they weren't that memorable, we, they wouldn't have been celebrated on various websites, and He-Man.org wouldn't have took the time to scan every single one of them so you could read and like not everything is scanned for you to read the whole thing, but the, the the mini comics and the star comics are all scanned. I think a few other things are. Dark Horse took the time to put together a compilation book of all the mini comics from the vintage line, Shira, New Avengers, and some of those shitty ones that came with the classics. We pretend like those pieces of shit don't exist. Because the quality's not there. Not because it's new, it's a terrible story that pisses on the idea of concluding the powers of Grey Skull storyline, which we were duped into believing we were getting. So it's... it's well, we've said it many times. I mean, you know, again, uh, you know, when we talk about MYP, the cartoon, we didn't shit all over that. You know, are there some episodes we don't like? Yeah, just like yeah. Filmation. There's episodes there's we don't like. shitty episodes of Filmation, without oh, yeah, a doubt. definitely. No, without a doubt. And even as we said, even the vintage minicomics, there's some that are bad, which led to this one that you did for Leech. But that's what we're trying to get across is uh, we don't try to piss all over the new stuff. It just a lot of it just really isn't doing it. It ain't hitting it right. It's not enjoyable. And there's those that do like it, but when it came to MYP, you'd think that, oh, if we only liked the past, we would have shit all over MYP. Didn't do that. I quite enjoyed it a lot. And I loved all the MVC comics that were coming out, too. Yeah. I missed those. Those were great. So, yeah, it's just... You're right. It's. I, I know it seems like the, the new stuff is bad, but uh, a lot of it is bad. <laughs> and as well, for yeah, everybody... And, and look, people, you know, you know, I'm not saying you got to go back and listen to every episode that we have done, so that way you hear our validation that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't mind reiterating this, you know, because sometimes not everyone has listened to episode 15 of Fans of Power back when we only had audio. Um, you know, it's it's just it comes down to quality, people. Like I'm not afraid. Like hell, when when DC launched or announced they were doing a new comic that was going to be coming out in the summertime uh, with that with that really shitty four-part storyline where everybody's got amnesia and the sorceress is dead and the skeleton decides to leave Prince Adam alive even though he knows his identity. What the fuck, man? <laughs> it makes no sense at all. <laughs> you know, <He> yes. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was just but up to that point we thought we were going to get, hey, 
DC's doing a new, a new He-Man comic, and you saw the first image of the cover, like, this is going to be great, and you saw the first issue, and I'm like, oh my god, and they've redesigned the characters, and they look like shit, and they kill off the sources. What the hell for? For shock value. Because they got a guy who doesn't know anything about how to write a good well, damn story. I, 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 I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I usually do. I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. It's I would think that it would have to be hard from their perspective to uh basically get that thrown in their lap and they're like hey this is what we're doing uh these guys are working on this we want you to work on it and they're like well i don't really know much about this i you know just get it done here's the deadline like i i mean which this and i understand it's probably happened a lot and i, I that's why I'm, like i i only blame the writer but so much but dc is ultimately making the call of putting this particular individual who's either not a fan or is like, oh, I remember him, and that that's kind of cool. Yeah, sure. I mean, I really want to work on Green Lantern Corps, but you know, I, I, mean, I, I guess I'll do honestly, it. Honestly, it would it would be like if D, if I was an artist and DC came up to me and was just like, here, we want you to do this Master Universe book. I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, man, come on. Like I I I would be sitting there. I'm like, well, Tyler and Joe are well versed in this. Yeah, but you know, Tyler's working out and Joe's like eating from a dumpster. We need you to do this. And I'd be like, uh... And I would probably turn out a shitty product. Like, that's... That's the way it is. But I, I'm totally with you. They need to look at it more on a, a basis like that. Or uh, I think Joe and I were talking about... And maybe it was when you were on here last, Tyler. That it would be kind of a, a cool idea if in the, the community... Like, there could be a place where... Not just like a, a forum or anything like that. But a place where people could actually... Like, if they've typed up something or whatever, they could put it there, and people could actually look at that. Maybe if it's people from D.C. or, you know, like, if, if Val could drop in and look at things and give pointers on stuff, or Kevin could be like, well, I've I've been in the industry, and this is what I look for when uh, I'm going off of a story, and people want me to draw stuff. And I think there needs to be more of a community that can band together to kind of, like, open up everyone's creativity within. That way everyone feels a part of it. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. I'm just throwing out. That would be a a real dream, but it's also a sign that DC doesn't care too much about this property, and they haven't for quite some time, if they ever have to begin right. with. Other than, you know, how many more times they're going to, you know, throw it, hey, we're doing another one that's not doing very well, but people get excited about that first issue and it continues to fail. Mm -hmm. Or in terms like, I don't care how well it sells, none of these books that have come out since they did that relaunch back in what 2012 or something like that. None of them have had a lasting impression on the community. Like the community itself is not going by this new mythology. They're not going by the inclusion of Sir laser lot in those digital mini comics that you could download. Like it's, you can sit there and say, Oh, they sell sold well or whatever, but they're, they're They had no longevity. Right. We're not talking about on this podcast, not because it's new because they sucked. You know, you don't see a lot of fan art for Sir Laser Lot. You don't see a lot of fan art for a Beastman with the with the Mister T Mohawk or the real shitty design redesign of Evil Lynn, or uh, you know, or, or just that whole storyline in general. It's just you know, I know, you know, as they did the, like the Eternity War and by, way before I'd already checked out. But I know there's some people who like that. I look at it as like, oh God, no, I'm not. You're not sucker me in. I'm not going to continue to. Gave you my money. If you couldn't deliver on the basic story, why the hell would I think you could put anybody on these books? Do, do you, you know, do you think that it's more of an attempt to? Because 
it kind of swings both ways, I guess. If, if these guys were to just play it safe and ride the line, then people would be complaining that they didn't do enough. So, I, I don't know. What, what do you think would be the best course of action? With well, I, I think the biggest thing is, is people have, don't have a real good conception of what He-Man and the Master Universe is to begin with, which is why we get all these really ridiculous stories of hints of, oh, they watched NYP because they're shitting on Mechanic. You know, or they're writing Tila to be the ultimate bitch because they watch 2000X or they throw in references to 2000X. So we're clearly dealing with a single age demographic writing these books. We're not. And even even like, you know, I don't you know like we like to make fun of Scott Niley because I had Stratus as a kid. Oh, put that guy in charge as brand manager for he man. Like, you know, he may have the the work ethic, but he's not, you know, he's not a writer, you know, just it's just just not the right man for the job you can be a big fan of the property i'm a big fan of gi joe should i be writing gi joe comics hell no i'm not the right guy for that i'd rather be entertained by that you know as much as i you know i could probably write thundercats but you know i feel like there's a lot of other properties like i I don't think i would want the responsibility of writing turtles because i just don't think i could do a really good turtle story you know I, you know, I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's willing to admit that, you know, you may be a great fan of it, but should you be, you know, a director of a film of this, or should you be writing this, or should you be, you know, illustrating it if you're not a big fan of it? Like, I know you need a paycheck, you're doing it for a paycheck, yeah. I can't argue with that. Whether your art is good or your work is questionable, you're doing it for a paycheck, it's hard to argue that, that perspective, but I just felt like, you know, no one's really taken time to understand this mythology and why it's still hanging around on the internet all these years later. Why people felt the need to get the license to, you know, release, you know, little mega constructs here. I should have took a picture of me. Hey, check out my latest haul here, guys. I went to Walmart. Look what I found. Like it and comment below, guys. You know, <laughs> stupid. You know. You know, I think. What kills you know, but me. it's just like comics. taking taking time. What I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> no, I, really, I think what it is with the comics is you know as you noticed, almost everything for all these recent Masters of the Universe comics, every one of them was basically the majority was either a crossover with another property or a very long dragged out story arc because they want to hope you keep coming back each month. But unfortunately, you gotta sell them variant covers, damn it. Yeah. And they keep losing, losing, losing fans instead of gaining fans or keeping those fans there. And even like the recent one that they're doing right now. Okay, it's not crossing over with anything, but again, it's another story arc. I wish, as for me, to be honest, as a Masters Universe fan, I love to see them have some faith in us and try to have faith in the product and see. Try to deliver one-off stories each month and occasionally maybe a two-part story arc or three but not a six not a year not 16 issues and see what fans think of that because yeah. i feel like they try to drag and hold us along so much that it becomes a boring story yeah. and also you notice this a lot of times when they're doing the stories if it's a long story arc they're getting different artists so then you're going from this art to that art it's like god this doesn't feel like it's one cohesive story even if maybe they might have the same writers which sometimes i know they don't even do that but it's like there's so many damn people doing this it's like i don't feel like i have a good story i have a 16 issues of so many different people working on it i want to see one thing where it looks all the same but i would love the confidence of one-off stories that's why i did enjoy this so much tyler what you did with the leech mini comic but I'd like to see that. Yes, I understand that now almost all comics and from Marvel and DC, they like their story arcs. They like their continuity. Sure, have some, but 
I would just like to have just go back like how it used to be. Have a good story. I read that and I was like, hey, I can go back to this. This will happen from here, here, here. Not like, did you remember in issue four when this happened that has to connect to issue eight? It's like, fuck off with that. That's the stuff that gets on my nerves. So there's five for you. Well, yeah, and, and really like, you know, He-Man could work in some story arcs, but we're also used to one-off episodes and one-off stories. And from that's from the mini comics, the star comics, the golden books, the ladybird books. You know, they all have finite stories that we all like to go back and, and revisit in episodes that are wrapped up in one episode. You know, we got one two-parter, you know, so it's we're, we're used to that because we feel like we don't need. I mean, even though it leaves us wanting more, which is why we're constantly coming up with fan theories and thoughts. And like we wanted to see more Shakoti, we wanted to see more Lizard Man and Fang Man and Strong Arm and. You know, it's that's I think that's what's constantly kept us hungry for this stuff. And you bring these guys in who are being instructed to drag it out for six months. We got to get you know a lot of uh you know really shitty you know chrome covers, and uh, we're going to bring in this one guy who draws really ugly to do a co- you know some cover art for issue number three. And uh, God, um, yeah, multiverse should not be six issues. It, it could have easily been condensed no. down into probably what three. Well, hell, uh, yeah, like, it, I mean, you used to be able to do some stories in, in three parts. Yeah. You know, if you were actually going to set aside and do a brief miniseries, if it wasn't in the actual flagship book that went on, like, a story that you're going to wrap up in three issues and move on to a, a single story, you know, and that goes from, like, you know, from Spider-Man to X-Men. You know, I'm more Marvel-based anyway when it comes to reading comics, but, you know, there it's the comics industry got started and, and, and flowed naturally and successfully and profitably on single stories. Yeah. Like there's, there's issues of, there's moments of continuity, like mentioning, that's, you know, Peter Parker's, yeah. you know, college roommates that, and stuff like that's that. What but I was, it's a I, finite story. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like it's, it's cool. If in issues down the road, you kind of reference something that happened before. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. all need to be like one continuous thing all the time. It, it, yeah. It just becomes fluff that you guys are devoting this podcast is to letting everyone know, hey, look, here's another shitty issue of this multiverse that hey, we're going to... We're gonna, we got to see that through, right, Joe, till the end. How many yeah. more is there to go? Uh, two. two. Two more? Yeah, man. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I that, like, I'm waiting for the big reveal where Wonder Bread He-Man ends up being triumphant and bringing everything back together. Is I think we better really get to Colossal. Story? Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's just Nathan just bringing up something yeah. nuts. Yeah, like, yeah, well, I, oh, I can totally see those assholes think, trying to find every bullshit variant. Yeah. And I put that in that's quotations. Of He-Man. Yeah, no, because Wonder Bread He-Man will trot out and they'll be like, who's that? I've never heard or seen him before. And then he whips do ass just... and then just disappears. Don't give me any ideas. I think before we get to the fan questions, we might as well, because we actually, you know, yeah, well, looks yeah. like this will be one of our later ones. We'll go to Clawful, but I think the reason we're revisiting this mostly in anything is I definitely, we always want to hear what you have to say, Nathan, because, you know, me and Tyler get real passionate yeah. about Clawful, especially one of his main appearances in a certain mini comic that's one of the best yeah. mini comics. They yeah, a certain mini comic that is uh, right on my phone and has been for quite a while. <laughs> Yeah, so I we definitely want to hear your thoughts on Clawful. Well, I, I mean, my my thoughts immediately are why why was the design in filmation just drastically different from like the figure in the mini comic and basically any other kind of media that had been put out? Was this more of a thing of they already had that and they were going, and then the figure and stuff rolled out after the fact? Pretty, I, pretty I, much. That's that's pretty much what. 
what like Tongue Lasher shows up in She-Ra. That's kind of what he was looking like in the preliminary developments of that character and filmation. Vastly okay, different from the go. toy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's just one example. Dialamug's another one. Like the Dialamug figure was designed, and they put him in Shira. Uh, and even though the figure not, never came to fruition, but his essential design was like completely different than what was was showed up there. Hell, the the connection of Whiplash or, or Lizard Man started out as a villain. And then they decided to make him into a hero and took the additional design of Lizard Man. That evolved into Whiplash. So the original Lizard Man characters, you know, evolved into two memorable characters. Um, thanks to James E. Talk, you can check out his YouTube channel. And there's a video about that that, that evolution of the character. Um, but yeah, that I, I'd say that's pretty much. I haven't seen any of the. Um, like original artwork of Clawful, other than I've seen like prototype art of the figure, which looks closer to what we got, but I have not seen any any sketches or drawings of um, what they had come up with um, in the like the original designs of the character. But typically, a character that Mattel like gives to formation, like here here's an upcoming character we're we're looking to put in the toy line. Like Colonel Blast became Rio Blast, but they took the evil design and put it in the Shiver cartoon. And but he became a heroic character in the toy line. So that's I, I I would I would bank my entire collection. That's probably the reason why Clawful looks so different. Even though as a kid when I saw him, I thought he looked pretty badass, and because he, he was depicted in Drill's Return as as a very like you know take charge villain with the menacing voice. And threaten to kick Trap Jaw's ass. I'm like, oh man, this is just like how well, I saw him in the mini comic. Well, so. I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you this question then, because I, I basically, the, in order for me to prep for this, I just read the page in the compendium book. What were the opinions of his portrayal in 2000X? Because they seem to make that sound like they made him like a big doofass. So uh, they made him an oaf, which you hate. It's like they always want to do that typical. They're like, okay, if this guy is big and muscular, he must be a moron. Then I hated that because in filmation, you had a sinister version of Clawful that was highly respected by Skeletor, unlike a yeah. lot of his other, you know, cronies where he, you know, disrespects them. But then you get him in MYP, and yes, he looks badass, but they oafed him up which pissed me off and he's so stupid that he doesn't even understand his yeah. own language yeah. in MIP. It's like, God, I couldn't stand that. Great design, but damn it, why did they have to do that? that I remember my brother me. laughed at me when he started talking because he knew like how pissed I was. Like My brother was just kind of waiting for me to be upset about certain stuff and when Clawful started talking he looks over me and starts laughing and he could see the look on my face like, oh my God, what have they done? Uh-huh. And it was just, it was so disheartening. Like, because I, I, when they released the promo image of the uh, of the Evil Warriors uh, and the promotional images, and then the, the first teaser trailer, there was like a quick glimpse of Clawful charging into battle. So fans were like, Clawful's in it, Clawful's in it. It's like, oh my God, like one of my favorite Evil Warriors is going to be in the series already. And he goes, ah, it's not working. And I was just got <laughs> leaves all over again. <laughs> I wish I could have just been sitting in the room when that happened. I would have just laughed maniacally at you. God, it was awful. It was so bad, you know. And I've never Derek... heard anybody speak highly of that. When he talks like that, everybody was pissed because they loved the design. They heard him speak and the way he acted. You can't enjoy that. You know, at least with Whiplash, they tried to make him look super menacing, intimidating in his kind of battle cry and the way he would scream almost dinosaur-like, if you will, yeah. whatever. But 
you know, when it came to Klopp, I was like, no. Because, you know, again, we loved him in Clash of Arms. He's, you know, like I said, he's having his nice battle with Fisto. And he's, you know, he's taking it to him. So I loved him in that. I loved him in Filmation. I loved his toy. And I hated it. I think, Tyler, like I said, we've spoken on this many times, but just hated the NYP. That's why, curious, Nathan, like, you know, like you said, you were looking through the compendium, mm-hmm. seeing all the pictures. But curious what you got out of all the different versions. What spoke to you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously the first thing was just like, all right, well, drastically different designs and filmation, but, uh, kind of reading through what the book said and what you guys are saying now, uh, I'll toss out another question. If you were to pick one episode in filmation that Clawful appeared in, what would you recommend to anyone out there really wanting to kind of absorb the essence of his character? It's the episode overall, like starts out great and then tanks at the end because it, you know, because it's it turns into a the song a song to save the day. But uh, Driel's return is his first episode, and he and he's working on his own. Him and Trapjaw find a way to get to Trolla and steal the Horn of Evil and attack Grayskull. So that, that's that's balls big enough to come in the dump truck when you're introducing a new evil warrior to the mix, and he's like. Hell with Skeletor, we're taking Castle Grayskull and, and found a way to get the troll and back. You know, I think that alone is a pretty damn good introduction to the character, and he's maintained menacing through it, and he physically picks up He-Man into the air, and He-Man has to fight, I mean, struggles a little bit in terms of the story, right. to get out of his grip, and then actually punches him, which is one of the few times we see He-Man punch anybody, even though it's an off-camera punch, but you get the idea from it. But then after that, it, it turns into where they have to read the song on the Horn of Evil to, to stop all the uh, the crazy stuff from happening. Right. Like, oh, shit. Well, so yeah, it, is it a case of after this first episode, Clawful sort of falls more into a, no. a background character? No, that? no. I mean, like, things that go bump in the night, That that's a good episode. Even though he's only in it for, like, the first half. Uh, you got Castle of Heroes, which he's just kind of, he's the only evil warrior on staff at Snake Mountain that episode when, when Montique shows up. Then you got um, a trip to Morania, uh, where he takes on He-Man again one-on-one, gets his ass kicked. You got uh, um, uh, uh, Witch and the Warrior, uh, which he, he takes on He-Man on that one, too. So, you know, he, he's portrayed competently every time. And, you know, and I don't he's think Skeletor ever spoke down to him, either. He never spoke down all, to him. Only when he catches him in things that go bump in the night, and he, he says, you know, Skeletor runs things, but one day I'll... I'll turn on him, and the Skeletor catches him saying that. Other than that, that's the only time, you know, that Skeletor ever speaks or a dismissive of Claw. Yeah, because he, he, did, he didn't even refer to him as, like, his right-hand man or, yeah. you know, basically in a way. Yeah, Yeah, I think in Castle of Heroes, like, he addresses Monty. He's like, look, you have your, your you know, goop or a goop, group of goofs. <laughs> you know, I've got Clawful here, right. you know. It's... Uh, so no, he's always written. And, oh, and no, Secret of Grayskull. It's another episode, but his voice is so bad in that episode. Like when I when I saw that for the first time, like Cobra Khan, Clawful, and Trapjaw, holy shit balls! And then he talks, and you're like, oh god, he sounds terrible in that one. And he, oh, and uh, Frady Cat, he's in that episode too. Whiplash, Merman, Cobra Khan, and uh, Clawful in the same episode. Oh god, it sounds like he's got. Alright, one flash, let's go. <laughs> oh man, so, this doesn't so sound it, good. Gun to your head, if you had to pick one episode to definitely recommend to check out, which one would it be? Drill's return. Okay. Joe, what's Drill's your what's return. your answer? It, yeah. 
<laughs> Shit, I don't know him as much as he did. I only remember that episode because not only the horrible song, but I remember just more of Orko's damn gadgets when he reached his hat. And oh, then, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Which, which is Kill a fun him. sequence of how pissed off Clawful gets. Yeah, and a good animation into his yeah. face and stuff. But just, yeah, I mean, I guess that could be the most enjoyable one. But And then his little, little thing, almost like a... Not that they were trying to insinuate a love between him and Evil Lynn, but, you know, just that little kind of... I know Joe yeah. has always been big on that sequence, and and that was uh, yeah. one of the few times I saw him as a kid. I saw that on the Cartoon Express before going to school. I got to see things that go bump in the night, and I got to watch up to that point where they're crossing the beam. And I I remember for the years and years and years, I was like, what is that episode where they're crossing and Clawful's in it? And it was that episode. And, and Joe has always referenced that because he always liked the idea of like Clawful and Evelyn. Like, there's this kind different. of like sense of like attractiveness to each other but like you know uh, she's ugly uh, he's a you know he's a crustacean yeah, they're kind of like hmm, back to back yeah, thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of yeah. like that that grade school shit where like the girl behind yeah. you is like constantly torturing you but then years yeah years later she's like you know i liked you right and i was like what i had no idea yeah that's kind of how and it, it was fun because it's right in front of skeletor too like you know i'm sure evelyn is probably like you know she's made made remarks at he-man before uh, so it, it, she's hanging around all these other guys. I'm sure they probably hit on her too, and I'm sure she probably has her favorites of outside of Skeletor. You know, clearly Clawful yeah. there. She's hey, probably winked at Triclops here like, and there. Yeah, those conversations where Skeletor's just like, uh, He-Man, if things were different, would you do them? And she'd be like, well, yeah. And then he gets all angry about it. Cause <laughs> He's like, bitch! Yeah. And just, you know, <laughs> pulls out the Havoc staff at her and... Yeah. yeah, for some reason, yeah, it's just memorable because it's just the thought of those two being together it would be different. It's just you like that, you like seeing something kind of different. It just catches the eye. But, but yeah, all right. Well, that's it with Clawful. I was going to say we can get if you want to the. We spoke more on Clawful. If you go back to episode fifteen, when there's nothing but audio, we have another conversation about Clawful, which yeah. I, I had to dig because like I, I initially was throwing out Whiplash because we did an episode with Whiplash right before Christmas and no one gave a shit about it. I'm like. Shit, like no one cared about a whiplash discussion or a uh, discussion on the vintage toy commercials of the age, which we need to revisit both of those. But I just thought Clawful would be fun to revisit. We'll just pick Clawful because it was so sure. long ago when we discussed him. So that has been uh, no a, a long time. Hell, there's people that are probably listening right now, and especially in the chat room, that don't even remember us when we were back then just doing audio. They know us probably just hear from youtube and then catch it on later but yeah. anybody here in the chat room if you have questions you want to hit us with do it right now yep. in the meantime i guess we could try to hit something back up earlier i know kevin sharp did say that he would like to draw a comic with you he said but after september because he's working on what did it say dragon guard or yep. something he said yep, he was yep. yeah Dra okay, dragon yeah. guard's a project kevin sharp is working on he just did a little promo video that he shared with me that link is down there there's an indiegogo link Go ahead and check that out, and I'll hit some of the questions because I went ahead and, and did a search for question marks so I could kind of pick some of the stuff that was going through earlier, and I will read some of the comments on last week's video. Sportimus asks, will the Origins figures come with many comics too? Yes. I believe they are. Okay. okay. Febmon said, if you could score a night of fun and a relationship with an 80s cartoon babe, who would it be? Good or evil? Doesn't matter. Any cartoon franchise boy or girl cartoon mine would probably have to be hmm i'm gonna probably go april o'neill honestly i think God, i had a bunch of girls i wanted to hook up with when i was a kid i mean from she to frosta uh glimmer 
I mean, just, I mean, cast, I mean, pretty much like all, most of the females in Shiva Princess of Power alone. But then, I mean, I, I think of like, you know, I go like Pumara from Thundercats and, you know, various women in the X Men. Well, which one? That's, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Rogue would be high up on my list as well. Yeah, Rogue would probably be my, uh, number one on my list as well. Joe had to work around the uh, the whole touching thing. I guess she had to be like, you know, wearing nylon the whole time or something <laughs> like that. But uh, but th- there's a whole slew of beautiful women in, in all the various '80s uh, cartoons. I mean, if we we go on the list, like just from Thundercats, like G. I. Lady J. I always thought Lady J was awesome as a kickish. She was she was cool. But one of the boys, but like you know, she was like, you know, a cool female. So I mean, there's there's a ton of like you know fictional women that that would have been awesome, or that that left impressions on me, or that I just thought were hot. We we could do a whole discussion on that one. So I can't just give you one, but I think probably the first one come to mind probably be Foster or Shira. Okay. Yeah. Joe, what about you? Yeah. If, if well, if I was to pick one, maybe for uh, Princess of Power, I know Perfuma, beyond looking good, she'd smell real nice in case doing That's something a good point. interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Perfuma. Um, as for other cartoons, you know, I love my Dungeons & Dragons, that, and to have Diana and Sheila, that would uh, be a double dose right <laughs> good, there. Good Especially choices, Sheila. yeah. Yeah, yeah, one's super athletic, the other she's doing stuff, she's invisible, you know what's going on, that could be quite interesting. So, uh, well, yeah, that's hey, Joe would be like Ray in Ghostbusters, just having that, that dream of the yeah. ghost going down on him, uh, and he's like, <laughs> but he's wearing the mask, though. You know, so you really can't see the expressions on Joe's face, so that, you know they're like, Joe, are you enjoying this? Yeah. <laughs> I like it, I like it. Fan, fans, of power, fans of Power, episode number 220. What what cartoon characters would you have sex with? And we just make yeah. that whole. Uh, uh, we clearly have crossed crossed the boundaries into like you know bullshit, oh, you know well, fanboy hey, stuff. I mean, We're talking. Yeah. That's I, why it's fun. I, 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 no, I think that at any point, any of like anybody as a kid, especially when you're watching cartoons, like you you are as odd as it sounds you do watch it and you're like oh they they're really attractive and that's well yeah i mean and, and plus i mean i think they they natural. drew them that way too like yeah. they they drew these characters to look you know i'm sure girls looked at she was like oh she's so beautiful and she's i want to look like her you know and like i want to kiss from her man like yeah like that's that's how i felt like when she kissed orko and talent for trouble oh my god i was so like oh man i want to kiss from she too you know, so yeah, it, it left in her, and I thought Frosta was so beautiful as as a kid. Like I thought, oh man, she's so hot. Um, so yeah, it's a, a lot of those cartoons. Like Chitara didn't do anything for me. I don't know why, but like I saw Pumara. She did, but when I saw Pumara, I'm like, oh, Pumara's where it's at, dude. Like especially if you see her in that that later cartoon, the one with the real shitty storyline. She's really hot in that. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a whole slew of, of beautiful women and. Uh, Hell, uh, Helen from Bionic Six, you know, Mother One, she's hot too. Pa- um, Papa Hood. Well, with Chitara, it'd be over quick. Well, probably ten seconds. This is done. Wow. As quick as she All is, right. like it's over. Mo- moving on. Pa- right. Papa Hood. Moving on, on here. Pa- Papa Hood. Sixty nine ass. Nineteen eighty seven Masters movie. Did it make or break Dolph Lundgren's career? I would say for a little bit, arguably, it probably did. He, I mean, he was doing movies right after it, though. I mean, he did Punisher and I Come in Peace, like, right after it. Yeah, I think he did gotta, uh, what, think Red to, Scorpion. Well, you got to think where he came from, Rocky Four, then Masters. It seemed like it was a little bit of a, a decline. Like, I like I, uh, I Come in Peace and Red Scorpion, but for their own varying reasons. I imagine most people watched them and like, yeah, that sucked. But Well, also, it's not like Dulce had, like, the biggest theatrical so, career, yeah. too. You know, like... 
I, I honestly like he's probably he's only got a small handful of films that have made it to theaters. Like Punisher was, I think, came out theaters in Europe, but not here in the states, and it was meant to come into theaters. Like I come in peace. I think it came in theaters. Like I only saw it in the video store. Yeah. Like I, I, and I started to think of Dolph as a straight to video guy as a kid outside of He Man and Rocky. That one, I mean, I that was kind of the trajectory for his career after that. Pretty much, you know. But you know, even and that's the thing people got to remember too. William Stout said that movie was making more money each week, and then it got pulled from theaters because Cannon yeah. couldn't afford to keep it in theaters. So and nobody and, else and, mentioned and, that. That was the first time I think that was everybody that wants to do their bullshit thought or opinion on youtube video or their bullshit retrospective video on he-man ignores that or yeah. doesn't or isn't aware of it i don't think it. they know i don't think they most know most people don't and that, that's that what was the first it. time oh god you know? yeah i it just made you feel like what that movie could have done for mattel had, had it been you know distributed by a, a more competent company yeah. even though i love canon films yeah. but well i i mean Canon films at the beginning, as uh, like towards the end, uh, you kind of see the 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 difference there because their budgets got a lot smaller. But yeah, I think I think back then a lot of people with their properties should have been smarter about who they distributed to because that came back to bite them in the ass. Zentron asks, if you were in charge of executing a character from Netflix, Shira, which character would it be? Why and how would you execute him? I don't have a I would say all of them. All of them. Hordak. Because honestly, you can you can leave, if you make the villain uh, such a prominent and unforgettable uh, part of the show, it make it makes even though everybody else is written so shitty and designed so poorly, but if you write Hordak as the way he should be, you at least have got your your poorly executed heroes working towards like a legitimate goal. When you got Hordak acting like you know a pussy. You, you, you got nothing to fight for, you know, and I, I just feel like, yeah, I, 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 don't hear I will tackle that, that and, and it wouldn't save the show, but it, it, it it's, I mean, because we all know that show was not going to make a lasting impression. Oh, no. We all know that, like said, but Hordak would be the one anymore. character. Yeah, it's, it's done. Like I said, nobody talks about it. I don't see any of the groups that even are for that show. Nobody's talking about it. It's just it, because it's, it's everybody wanted to fight the good fight. Because if you didn't like, it, you hated gay people. You hated women. You know, we just God hate poor storylines. Like, no, it sucked. Yeah, we just don't like bad storylines, and we don't like uh, poorly executed characters, terrible animation, terrible redesigns that look nothing from their source material. It's so derived, so far removed from the original. It might as well be something else. But but we're not going to start on that. We'll get to another question. Yeah, so I, you go I, ahead. Well, Nick, Ty, Ty, well I'm. Tyler's camera went on the fritz again. He got so angry that it, like, I'm trying to, like... He got so angry he yeah, took it's over like, the yeah, it's like, it's Sky like... can't harness the power of T, you know? Tyler, what's funny is right now, looking at the screen, it's just you covering everything. Yeah, and there's a and little it... crumb of Nathan off the side. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else. It's just Tyler just got so mad. Boom. The angrier he gets, the bigger he gets, just like the Incredible Hulk, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> well, while I, you're I trying to... Yeah, I'm Nathan, trying to figure out... Uh... Not. Well, you keep trying to figure it out while you do that. I'll hit another question from the chat room. Um, there we go. Sean, Sean said, question, what vintage character do you dislike? Or which character, what vintage character do you dislike? Would you like to see get a one and done story that change your opinion of them? I'm, I don't, I, I read it exactly like you said, Sean. I'm trying to grasp what you 
Well, I, I don't have a vintage character that I dislike. I, I feel like like Snout Spout wasn't given a very strong mini comic. I don't think, um, obviously, Mantana was not get, given a very good one. Or Rio Blast didn't get a good one. Rio Blast definitely could have been, you know, it was it was ugly, like artwork and the story. You know, writing them, I was like... Got a good story uh, from the UK, you know, but not here, unfortunately. So not there's, here. There's a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah there, the, there's quite a few, but there's no vintage character that I dislike. They just weren't given the best. The Cosmic Key, there's another one, son of a bitch. Oh, God, what was that, five pages or something? Isn't that one of the it shortest? Is, it's the shortest mini-comic that's ever been done, yeah. Oh, yeah. what a disaster. I feel so bad for that damn comic grim has a question this is the one that was asked earlier which i'll just rant on real quick and then of course you guys can too grim said so guys what are your thoughts on the attack on thundercats fans that took place in a teen titans go episode teen titans roar well this is i didn't know if you've seen it tyler or nathan but you see lionel our 80s lionel pops up in that episode and basically says something along the lines of, you know, poopy fans have, you know, like, you know, just have poopy ideas if they don't like it. It's basically, it's like shitting on us vintage, I mean, our 80s fans, like that we didn't like Thundercats Roar. So they had to have Lionel come tell us that this new stuff is good, that he actually approves what they're doing. Then in the same episode, I believe, there's a cave scene where you see Snarf and you see the 2011, I think 2011, I'll make sure I said it right, of Lionel from the new Thundercats, and what you see, which is twisted, and I'm not sure if they meant this purposely, you see a skeleton of Panthro there, and you see, like, you know, the nunchucks, but the voice actor for, I believe, the 2011 uh, Thundercats uh, for Panthro, he died, and I was like, is this a knock at that? I was like, if it is, this is the most twisted thing in the world, but it's such a disrespect, not only to, you know, the fans, but, I mean, obviously to people in general and the lives of human beings so i don't like when they do that pandering don't try to let's put in the 80s stuff into here to tell you why it's good because the 80s lionel is saying it's good and then calling us fans basically you know like with poopy ideas or poopy minds however he phrased it it pissed me off and it pissed well i'm off sure larry kenny got a nice paycheck to say that because larry kenny you is know, you know and i don't know did he do the voice that's the one thing i could I, I, I don't i don't know i if, if he did if, I, if hope not, I hope he didn't god i hope he didn't do the voice I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he, he popped up on Family Guy, and, you know, a lot of those original voice actresses come back for, like, small cameos. I could see them doing that because these assholes who currently write, you know, these current cartoons that, that aren't well-received by the mass. Go ahead. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Grimbot corrected me. He said, no, Joe, he said, that's the original Panthero voice actor died. I thought they said it was the one from the new cartoon, but well, even still. Yeah, Grandpa I mean, Huxtable, yeah, did the voice of Panther. Yeah, he, he passed away a few years ago. Okay, well, that's then, either way, it's a disrespect if they're mocking the death of a voice actor from either of the cartoons, but I'm glad you corrected me, Grim, but I found it very tasteless for them to even show something like that. So I don't know what's going through their minds. They might even say, oh, we're just thinking it was fun to put in, uh, you know, Panthro from the original thing, and he's just dead. But I don't care how you do it, whether it's a knock at this, but especially if it's the knock on a life of somebody that really, you know, in life passed away, a human being that's, it's sick, it's twisted, and it makes you wonder what the hell is in the minds of the people. I will say this. Obviously, you're not writing very good stories if you got enough time to write a segment in your story that gives the middle finger to adult fans who've continued to keep all these properties that you currently have a job at and wouldn't have a job if people are in our age range and older didn't continue to enjoy a lot of these cartoons and comic book properties 
that have survived all this time because of people like us. And when you come along and shit on it, because you hire you know people who really aren't interested in telling serious stories, it's all about humor and everything nowadays. If you're spending time to work in a jab at adult fans because you don't like uh, you know the fact that we're not accepting of your shitty humor and your really poorly, I won't say written stories because it's just drivel. It's like the kind of shit you find in a bathroom stall next to like a picture of like a big dick. You know, like, oh, wow, wasn't that enlightening? Wow, I've never seen that before. Then clearly you don't have much to offer in terms of a new Teen Titan series if this is what you're taking time to do. And here's you the know? exact quote that Zentron did put up. It's, I guess, what Lino said was, you have shown me that Thundercats Roar is a worthy successor. Those who disagree, and he says well, those who disagree. Have... Did you say Teen Titans or Thundercats Roar? Well, the thing, I thought it was supposed to be in Thundercats Roar, but for back up there, I thought somebody said that they put it in Teen Titans Roar because Teen Titans were there as well. They were there, and the Thundercats Roar were there, so maybe it was an episode of Teen Titans. I'll be honest, I didn't want to oh, watch okay. it. Well, just all right, then shit. I just say, this is everybody at Warner Bros. and Cartoon Network <laughs> who clearly are, are just, like, these people are stuck with this piece of shit cartoon, and they're mad at us. Yeah, man, has to put saying, that comment because he yeah. says those who disagree have poopy mouths with poopy opinions. I was like, no, we don't. We're fans that love this property. When we see it dis disrespected and given this kind of treatment, you bet you're going to be mad. And with that kind of comment, along with what they've shown in it, they're not going to gain any more fans. They're only no, going to piss I, more people off. I, 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 uh, I balk at Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers because they're morons for doing it, and they're just mad because this cartoon is not going to take off. I get mad when somebody wants to take a picture of their child watching it so they can share it and say, my kid doesn't like it, or my, my kid thinks it's kind of cool. Like, why are you doing this? You know yeah. you're just going to get attacked by everybody. Like, like stop trying well, to act cost. like, you know, well, uh, my my kid, like, like just stop. It's irrelevant. It doesn't, right. if, it, if your child likes it, fine. But I'm yeah, sorry. Crossover episode, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh well, who gives a shit? <laughs> All right. You know, yeah. it's just Brad they're Collins just mad because we don't like it. We're not going to accept it, and they're stuck with it. Yeah, and Brad Collins did have something for you. He said, just popped in to say hi, glad. He said, I own a copy of Tyler's mini comic that he sent me. He said, I love the nod to the vintage card back with Man at Arms in the Swamp. So Brad wanted to say that to you, Tyler. I'm glad you enjoy that there, Mike. Uh, <laughs> and I do have a. I have a nose. Go ahead, uh, Nathan. Uh, I was just going to kind of sum up with the comments on last week's video. Most of them are like, hey, it was cool. You guys did that Ladybird book. Uh, they kind of gave like their uh, memories with it. And Sean said, I'm of mixed thoughts about the Lords of Power Power concept. I appreciate such a deep cut and relatively recent find as a con exclusive. I just feel like authentic replica of the original 1981 sculpts would be preferable. Beastman is the worst translation since the body base. It's not as broad or stunted as the original sculpts. At least the others look more Alcala, especially man at arms. And then kind of just kind of, there's a lot to say here, and I won't. Uh, I won't read. Sean any, had a any... big look report. We would love and appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. You yeah, did. There, I, yeah, He's I, here I'm, in the chat room I'm as well. I'm not gonna read that <laughs> verbatim, but Tyler, did you have any thoughts about uh, that being announced as a con exclusive? Your opinion? I was like, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, I'm like, I I don't need more like variants. Like it's, you know, it, I would it would have meant more if it was like Lizard Man, Icer. Fangman and strong arm or something like that. That would be like, oh my God, like, all right, Val, I gotta have it. You know, but um nah. It, it's just like that's that's kinda cool. It's, but it was it was pretty much like a 
an afterthought. It was just kind of like, eh. you know, at least it wasn't, you know, it was something somewhat different than what they released at Toy Fair. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, Grim 2 just sent me the, the images here and basically it is like original how we know and love Lino kind of descending from the heavens to talk down to the Thundercats roar and the Teen Titans go group and says all of that stuff. Like he's telling them that they are worthy. Uh, it just shows you how, how unoriginal and lazy that Warner Brothers really is that, oh, well, if we get Larry Kenny to come in and, and do voice work on this and denounce the adult fans who've come down on this cartoon, they got buried for so long. It took them forever to release. You know, whatever. Yeah, I talk at it. I, it's, the... It is not a threat. I I could care less because it doesn't mean anything. Right. It's still not going to help. Yeah, I, I well, it just goes to show, like, aside from these certain things, I didn't even know Thundercats Roar was even, like, on TV. So that kind of. Nobody did. Kinda, Nobody kinda knew that. You, it just popped up this. Let's let, let's go ahead and wrap her up. We've been going for a lot longer than what we usually do. So Jim. yeah, we did, and we, we are sorry if we didn't get to all your questions. We can get to some, you know, we'll get to that uh, next week. But yeah, we had a really good full episode. I mean, it was fun. We had a blast. Sure, we get a little pissed off at times, but you know, we do that about anything. Anybody can. You get mad for something you don't like, you say it. Like I said, we have people saying about our show. Remember, <laughs> sometimes it felt like a little too much hey, anger. It happens, man. but hey, if that's what their thought, then go ahead. You can say that too. But uh, we do appreciate that everybody that popped up here in the chat room. So I just want to make sure to say, make sure you like, subscribe, share, ring the bell, so you can always get notified when we go live. And until next time, have a powerful day. Hiding. What do I have to fear from you, worker ants, scurrying about with their pitiful weapons, afraid of the purity of unarmed combat? Nathan, I'm going to pass it to you. Do you know this, I hope? Can't... Don't say what you always I'm say. I'm not. I'm not. Can you give us a hint? Okay. Here's the next line. Come out from behind the curtain, wizard. Let's see how pure your combat really is. Come on. I feel like I need to go through Tyler's oh, Facebook page and look through his cover photo. No, it, I have not watched this movie in a while. It's just like it's it was just a, a line that I'm like I have memorized. Mm. What, what, what's the? No, so it's exactly what he wants. No, T Hawk, it's what we both want. Am I right, Bison? Oh, oh dear, dear God, that okay. did. <laughs> hey, and it proves that me. You know, I mean, everybody can like or hate something. Hated that damn movie, but Tyler loves it. That's great, but God, do I hate that movie. I hated it for a while. I loved it when it first came out, then I shit all over it, and I have come full circle. It it is the best G.I. Joe live-action film, so there you go. Yeah, there you go, people. If you guys don't like it for Street Fighter, look at it as the G.I. Joe movie we should have gotten instead of that piece of shit Steven Summers with the pubescent Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, Sean did pop in real quick. Uh, Well, Dingalorian already answered the question, but Sean, the link is down below if you want to download the... Tyler's mini comic. It'll be there. Yeah, let me know what you think. Digital download. And that goes to anybody out there watching after the fact that catches it. Check out that link. Download it. Let us know. Comment below. Let us know your thoughts on the mini comic. And I appreciate Joe and Nathan's kind words on, on, the, on the comic as well. Like, I, I, they said some stuff I really appreciated and they didn't have to say, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Uh, so well, thank you. And thank you for everybody who followed along on that because I'm, I'm proud of it. If this is my only. One of my few times to do anything He-Man related, I'm, I'm glad I got to do something. So he, he paid me off. I had my, I got my chapstick right here. My <laughs> lips are starting to get a little chappy after a while. 
but it's the chapstick brand though i got i didn't get them like the cheap you know uh uh like off brand it's, it is the official chapstick brand yeah. though yeah <laughs> all right well yeah I get, cherry stick. Sucks. I, I get cherry <laughs> stick over there at dollar tree oh, of course like you do joe what i'll see you guys next time yeah.